welcome to Backlog Dialogues, the podcast that digs you out of your backlog before it buries you. I'm John, and joining me as always with a Woody and Buzz to my Rex. Kind of a weird mix of characters there. Is it? They're all from the same story. Yeah, I know, but it's kind of like you got Woody and Buzz, you just kind of jump on Rex as the third one there. <laughs> I mean, don't you want to be a neurotic gamer dinosaur? I want to be a neurotic gamer dinosaur. I feel like it would just make my neuroses worse because I wouldn't be able to handle the controller very well. I already have the neurotic gamer side going. Why wouldn't I be a dinosaur on top of that? That sounds fun. Anyway, who are you? <laughs> I'm Jared. Is that a comment about your age? And finally, I'm Matt. Today, we are going to our first Pixar world ever in Kingdom Hearts. Let's talk about Toy Story before we start. So Toy Story, I I liked pretty well when I was a kid, but I was never like the hugest fan of it. I know that a lot of people were. It was a childhood defining movie for me, if that makes sense. I, I don't know. Like I loved it. I don't know if I would say like change my perspective of things because I just kind of absorbed cartoon movies and liked them. But but definitely was memorable to say that it affected my thoughts on what animation was. Even back then, I was pretty surprised to see something that looked like that on the screen. If you go back at it now, the human models in particular look really creepy. <laughs> Well, it's 1995. Oh, yeah. 1995, uh, Pixar, not yet owned by Disney, but still uh, having the movie being published by Disney, after pushing CGI graphics, have finally released their first full feature movie. It's really a movie about parenting and how parent will worry about another uh, adult man coming into his kid's life. But in this case, the parents um, are the toys and the kid is the one that owns them, which is a weird metaphor. Uh, I'm just saying what people say about it. Uh, That's a strange one. <laughs> That's the common read. Huh. Are you okay, John? What? Just. That is. I worried you're in a, I worried you're in a strange place. That is the common read of Toy Story. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, it does have dad and stepdad energy to some degrees, but it, it, if you go all the way into it, the metaphor gets warped. Okay. Tell me I'm wrong, though. That is what people say the actual theme of Toy Story is. I am just saying what I've seen out there in the world. This is not my read of it. I've seen a lot of things out there in the world that I don't talk about, but. (laughs) (laughs) But we're talking about Toy Story here. (laughs) I can see that read. It's just a little bit odd, in my opinion. I mean, you've kind of forced my brain to some pre. Hang on. I lost. Do do you need to restart? Do you need to restart your thought processes right now? I'm sorry if I derailed you with the common critical conception of this movie. Would we like to talk about the common critical reception of different uh, Pixar movies? How about The Incredibles, a movie about how the villain is right? Well, Incredible, <laughs> Incre- in Incredibles, the villain is right, except that he's a hypocrite about it. In Incredibles 2, the villain is right and the, and the narrative is not interested in proving them wrong. Exactly. I have a beef with The Incredibles, is what I'll say. It's basically, it has some of the uglier parts of objectivism wandering in and out of it. Yep, because yes. unfortunately, Brad Bird is probably an objectivist. <laughs> Well, my understanding is Tomorrowland kind of leans on that. Yep. And, you know, no one likes Tomorrowland, so. Somehow Ratatouille managed to avoid all the toxic elements of that, even though it still has that, ooh, nasty critics thing going on. I think it's because someone pushed the anyone could cook message, and that kind of goes right against the you're a special person part of objectivism. And also, the critic ultimately makes friends at the end, rather than just being like a nasty person that needs to be defeated, like in, say, Birdman. It's a really things. It's an, I would say in the, in the critic there, he's definitely a bit elitist, but he's also extremely honest. This kind of way thing. Yeah. He has extremely high standards, but he's not cruel as much as he distrusts people who have failed repeatedly in the past. Exactly. Like I, 
one of the most iconic movie lines. And I, I, I guess we could probably talk a little bit about Ratatouille, even though Ratatouille was kind of last week. Like the most memorable <laughs> line from that movie for me was I don't like food. I love it. If I don't love it, I don't swallow is like that is such a great line it is so good anti ego is an awesome villain antagonist antagonist i mean he he's 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 not even the italian yeah the villain is the owner of the restaurant he's a looming threats he's yes. a looming threats yes <laughs> like he's the carlian empire while you're still facing against gaius let's get back to toy story real quick it's ubiquitous enough that while we can certainly give some details about it I'm almost wondering if this is one where you, you need to as much because it's just it's been this ongoing, strong presence throughout. How do you feel about Disney's continued bringing it back for sequels? Well, I mean, Toy Story 4 kind of made me mad. So oh, I, I hated I'm, Toy Story 4. I am not looking forward to five. Now, here's the thing. I like three. My brother thinks the ending is the characters betraying everything. And so at four, he said, so that's just proof. Don't be Woody's friend. He will fucking abandon you. Yeah, that, <laughs> I mean, I like three. Where this game takes Toy Story is before three. Uh, it's not clear if it's before two either. We'll probably get into that a little bit as we go. Yeah, I think we spent a long time just kind of in the uh, introduction here. Yeah. So let's get started with the actual Kingdom Hearts side of things. Before we get control back after getting out of Twilight Town, we see Kyrie and Lee in a forest. Well, first we see Kyrie narrating a letter. First, we see a forest, long sweeping shots of lots of trees while we hear Kyrie speaking. Yeah, we're not going to get into the whole note here because it's just kind of like a pretty simple. Hey, how you been? Uh, and I think so. One of the things that she says in it is that's right. No more waiting for you to come back from your adventures. And I have in my notes, Kyrie, it's been like a year and a week. Yeah, <laughs> but no, for her, it's been longer because Merlin's taking them to a place where time doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's kind of fucked up which because it's Merlin. <laughs> it's actually been 10 years in this frozen world. I have forgotten what your face looks like. Merlin's just he has a hyperbolic time chamber sitting around. But we know what he carries with him. So if it's part of the Winnie Pooh book, is the hyperbaric time chamber? <laughs> I'm surprised I got that much of a laugh. Yeah, that's a terrible pun. This leads us to a cute scene with Lee and Kyrie, who, like, not going to lie, I kind of ship a little bit with this, but also like they're both just kind of thinking about their past friends. And I even have in my notes as they talk about Lee's lingering memories about the ice cream and sadness. I have in my notes multiple times. My heart. This is brutal. Like Kyrie kind of just says something to him and smiles and he just has a quick vision of Xion. And it's clear his mind can't fully comprehend it, but he starts crying. And right after that, he actually says he'd rather that she call him Axel. Yeah, I've actually read an interview where Numero said, yes, that's him subconsciously remembering the friend who would know him by that name. Yeah, I like actually like the scene. It's kind of fluffy, but I like it anyway. Fluff is good. We need some bit of fluff right now. I mean, it's worth remembering, like uh, Xi'an's appearance is partly based on Kyrie because of the really yes. complicated yes. existence. Mm -hmm. And so it's so like we had that memory there and that just kind of made the side that even just for that sake, he can't quite remember. He'd rather go with his with the other name. Mm hmm. And then we cut to Radiant Garden, where Mickey and Riku are with Dylan in the fountain court. Yeah, it's just great. He just walks up, stalks off away from the fountain. I took an oath of silence and penance for my crimes. I don't think anyone noticed. <laughs> what a oh gosh. I, I don't want to say good character about Dylan because it's Dylan. But my gosh, talk about committing to the bit after you've uh, had everything you needed to say said. Him and Aeolus get together and practice through charades. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So Dylan walks away quickly before any plot happens. So Mickey and Riku are investigating. So this is the place. Where Aqua fell into the realm of darkness after she dove in to save Terra. Yeah, she said he was acting strange. Strange how exactly? She sensed darkness in him, and they ended up getting into a big fight. Right. And in the aftermath, the two of them disappeared. Around the same time, the guards found a stranger with white hair lying unconscious here in the square. A man calling himself Xehanort. Ansem the Wise took the stranger in, but that was a mistake. Xehanort betrayed his master, stole his research, and along with his fellow apprentices, separated his heart from his body. Xehanort's heart took his master's name, Ansem, and traveled to the past to give younger self instructions. He even briefly had control of you. His empty body stayed in the present, took the name Xemnas, and founded Organization 13. Their goal was to prepare 13 vessels of Xehanort's heart. Turn to the camera. Everybody got that? <laughs> if, you think it was, if you think it was complicated to explain, imagine living through it. <laughs> back to the scene. Sorry, I had to back, throw that in there. Back, back to the <laughs> face, face down, face ears. Until we put an end to the organization. But all the while, young Xehanort had been visiting the future to choose 13 vessels of his own. Hearts with strong enough ties to him to begin a new organization, the real Organization 13. And now they're looking for a fight with us. But what happened to Terra? I thought you said Aqua saved him. Yep, she did. The problem is we didn't notice. You remember the end of the Mark of Mastery exam? When Master Xehanort made his grand return? That's the Xehanort I remember. He was always a pretty old man then. But how do you explain Ansem and Xemnas with his heartless and his nobody? Isn't it strange how young they look? Why aren't they old men? It's because Xehanort was using a different body when the split happened. That face from the portrait I mentioned. It wasn't just some stranger that Ansem the Wise took under his wing. It was the young man whose body Master Xehanort possessed. No way. That was Terra? Master Xehanort was using Terra? Yep. Master Xehanort tore us a nutter on his list belonged to him. He was talking about Terra. Turns out Aqua saved more than just her friend that day. Okay, but Master Xehanort is an old man again now. Where did Terra's body go? Hmm. It's because Master Xehanort's collecting vessels. He claimed to have two of our seven lights. We got Sora back, but Terra must still be on Xehanort's side. He's with his organization 13? We should warn Sora. Yep, and Merlin, too. Uh, yeah. So let's go ahead and discuss this quickly. Like, it, it's a lot of recap, but it's also just, like, interesting how it took Mickey this long to realize, oh, shit, that was, that's why he looks like that. <laughs> I don't think Mickey ever met Tara. Yeah, I don't. I'm thinking, was there any Mickey and Tara scenes? Not sure. There any? No, there wasn't. Shit. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. So it actually makes a kind of sense. You can't blame Mickey for everything this time. Damn it. Damn it, number eight. Why did you plan this so well? <laughs> he's, he's often admitted that he only that he only had some things planned shortly at a time. It's pretty important. Oh, yeah. At time. Oh, yeah. Like, at the very least, he's very good at keeping things consistent. He's. By the way, I love that Riga's like, so we're all just calling him young Xehanort. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what else, how else are we going to distinguish him from all the other Xehanorts? <laughs> Xehanort from the past? But I just think it's young. fun. It's just, just so funny how casually. Oh, so are, so are Ansem and Xemnas for a certain, you know, or also, a certain did, category of young. Also, why does young Xehanort also have Terra's face? <laughs> I mean, it is somewhat different. He's, it is somewhat different. I'd yeah. say he's got slightly more angular features. He's definitely got a different complexion. But it might be the Xehanort's like, Yes, that guy, he looks a lot like me. He's perfect. Can his heart be swayed to darkness? Even better. We get back to the world map and two worlds are open. Toy Box and Kingdom of Corona. 
Let's go to the toy store. Yay, toy store! So now I'm just imagining Kermit the Frog World. So like my no. it's like Sesame Street or. I mean, I'm thinking of Mr. Tran and the Toy Cack. I think that's a sign there's something wrong with you. <laughs> I mean, probably. You've known me for a while. What do you think, Jared? Hmm. I, I worry that the answer might affect our friendship. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh boy. So, yeah. So we arrive at Toy Box and immediately we're given a game trailer for some reason. Yeah, a trailer for a completely different game. Yeah. We start in a scene with a modern city. You get guys with lightsabers and they're fighting giant robots. A pillar of light rises from a building. A girl is at the center of it. Then we get some crazy Final Fantasy 15 style nonsense with Bishis fighting more robots. It is a fantasy set in reality. With, with giant, giant robots. robots. It is Verum Rex. Published by Square Enix. Yes. Available now on game consoles. And so we I believe we actually pull out to show this is a TV and we see we're in Andy's room and the TV turns off and Rex starts complaining. Yep. Rex was watching the video game commercial. Rex, noted gamer. (laughs) I mean, it's true. Toy Story 2, he's playing the Buzz Lightyear game. Oh, yeah. You think Buzz had like I don't even want to say like he had a disassociation episode from it. He's still trying to get used to reality. And now here's a TV showing all his adventures with one of his friends controlling it. Is that fucked up? I'm just imagining now Woody being a big fan of like Red Dead Redemption 2 or something like that. Woody be? No, Woody's Woody's pretty pacifistic. That would be too violent for him. He might like Wild Arms. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think Rex likes Verum Rex because it has the word Rex in it? Shit, maybe you're right. <laughs> I mean, Rex loves games and he definitely likes the idea of other dinosaurs. But I think it's it maybe it helped him with choosing it. <laughs> Him and Ham are just doing a bunch of gamer bullshit chat. Yeah, Ham thinks the gigas are cool while Rex just stands Yuzora. Yuzora! Translators note, Yuzora roughly translates to Night Sky. This is reference to both Sora and Noctis from Final Fantasy XV. Just make things clear, like, Verum Rex is a... The trailer that we saw is a direct reference to the trailer for Final Fantasy Versus XIII, which was the project that was going to be developed in parallel with Final Fantasy XIII, but then it got a bunch of delays because it got into development hell. And it got taken away from Nomura. Wasn't like the Chrysalis Project or something like that? Was that was their idea? Fabula Nova Crystallis, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Fabula Nova Crystallis. That's what it is. And just kind of didn't develop. Yeah, they were they tried to go in with the idea that they were going to make another franchise similar to the Final Fantasy seven compilation. And it didn't go anywhere. I mean, even it has several games like from 13 through 15 and typo and all that, but just doesn't really seem to have any cohesion like they imagined. Yeah. I actually really liked the 13 follow-up games. Yeah, I've heard they're good. I haven't had a chance to play them. All that's clear about this is that Nomura, after having uh, Versus 13 taken away from him, kind of held a grudge. So between this and with The World Ends With You and Dream Drop Distance, Disney is brainrolling his broken dreams. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's it's just really funny. Like So after 15, you got pulled away from Chrysalis, so you just know that left everything unmoored. I think that's oh, yeah. kind of why 15 has kind of a reputation of a weird, unfinished plot. Mm. Like it was really part of a big mythos, and they kind of pushed away from it. I think that's kind of like left a lot of severed marks in it. I haven't played much 15, so I don't know. The problem with 15 is that like they were going to do a bunch of these extra stuff in DLC, and then they canceled the last bits of DLC that they were going to make. That is brutal. That is extremely yeah, that brutal, sucks. yes. Then Woody sees some weird shit and tackles Rex and Ham. I just like the two of them are up there talking while Woody's the one worried because weird shit's going on and they appear to have forgotten. Yep. 
and the weird shit starts to materialize into Heartless. Like Woody's conclusion is, all right, we're going to form a posse. Let's show them who's boss. I'm amused that they're basically Heartless toys. I mean, they're, they're all Heartless designs. They are like much like most worlds. They take a theme there. So they have a very toyetic design to them. Yep. Uh, Rex is not emotionally prepared because he's an erotic gamer dinosaur voiced by Wallace Shawn. <laughs> but we got but we, we also have some of the toy soldiers and also the uh, little claw aliens. And it turns out Buzz, Buzz is the one behind all of this stuff because he's going all Metal Gear with the appearance of the Tartless. Uh, yeah, it's go time. Opening bars for You've Got a Friend With Me play. And we get the title card for Toy Box. Before we get into it, I just want to quickly touch on voice actors. Rex <laughs> is Wallace Shawn. Yep. Uh, is Ham uh, Brad Ratzenberger? Uh, John Ratzenberger? Yes. Uh, yes, it is. OK, but Woody and Buzz are not who they're... <laughs> Well, as much as I like Wallace Shawn and John Ratzenberger, they aren't the names that you're going to get from Tim Allen even before things got controversial, and especially Tom Hanks, who everyone loves everywhere. Yeah, so who's voicing Woody? Woody, amusingly, there's a consistent voice actor, and it's Jim Hanks, Tom Hanks' brother. He does other things, of course. Like, he's a filmmaker and does other things, but he kind of has this little side career of of filling in for, for Tom on things. Because back as far as Forrest Gump, where he was his body double. Oh, wow. Really? I didn't know that. He's a professional brother impersonator. Yeah. He does so much more. I don't want to argue the guy is just what yeah. like, but he has almost a dozen credits of different Disney games and other things where he's been Woody. Funny. And who's Buzz? Buzz is a name I don't recognize. I think it's Mike McRae. Okay. I said Tim Allen's one of those ones I don't like touching on for a couple reasons, but so we'll just kind of focus that. Um, McRae is see if there's anything I actually do recognize him from. Was McRae Buzz on uh, Buzz Lightyear Star Command? The old uh, cartoon. No, but for some reason he was that man in XL Saga. That's weird. That man. <laughs> <laughs> That's man, if you recall. Uh, yes, I remember that man. Ooh. He kind of does as a widespread of random voices. He's been a professional Buzz since Disney Infinity, and, and and so he appears in other stuff there, but I'm not seeing like, any animation. He's a recent Buzz. He's the recent Buzz voice devil. Got it. Yeah. Cool. But we cut to Sora under the bed, not sure where he is, and he realizes he's shrunk and made of plastic. <laughs> he goes to Donald, like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. It's like it's just like Donald just goes on saying, like, well, we're protecting the world order. And then Sora goes, border? Yeah, I'm reprising an old joke, which pisses off Donald Joe. Donald, we all know your magic is horrifying and does nothing of the sort to protect the world order. So just back off. <laughs> your bodies are my playthings to shape as I will. <laughs> oh, no. Toy Box, I will preface this now that we've got the title card by saying this is probably my favorite world in the entire game. Uh, it's up there for me. It's not my favorite, but it is up there. The attention to detail in this world is actually absurd. So we'll get into that as we go through it. And basically, Goofy is not part of the antics for once. So we know that they're surrounded by Heartless. Oh, yeah. Yep. Goofy's been paying attention. Uh, so it's time for our trio to rush oh. the Heartless, just as the toys on the bed uh, also rush the Heartless at the same time. I do a Goofy going, Garsh, who's going to protect the order from them? <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It just it just seems like Goofy, like uh, one, two, three, four, five, seven, nine, ten, count to ten, sick of their shit. Oh, I'll just get their attention. <laughs> Goofy has like light Yagami in her monologue. Oh no, I wasn't even saying that. I was just thinking he is 
despite his cheerful behavior, he is kind of getting done with this shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's more I was thinking. It's just Not like plotting as much as just. Just like, God, focus, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's tough being the keeper of the brain cell when your name is Goofy. Yes. <laughs> Sword so Donald and Goofy end up brushing the heartless and ruining Buzz's uh, Metal Gear plan to ambush them. Yeah, and then we smoothly cut to battle. Like, it is a whip around and we are all facing off against the Heartless at the same time, uh, like going straight from cutscene to battle. Yeah, they definitely do a few of those. They make you can, you can sense what's coming as they pan around into a clear behind the character shot. That's going to be a right angle for it. But it is reasonably smooth. I will say this. This is one of my favorite things about modern games recently when they do shit like this. I fucking love it. Give me a clean transition from a cutscene to a fight any day of the week. It's so fun. It's, yes. Final Fantasy VII Remake mastered this. It is so good. Anyway. Uh, so there's a big Heartless fight. There's a few new Heartless in here. There's the Gold Beat and the Toy Trooper. What is a Gold Beat and what is a Toy Trooper? I mean, I'm pretty sure a Toy Trooper is exactly what you think it is. Yeah. The Gold Beat is the Yellow Bell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And the battle theme for this world is Toy Box Jam. I kind of like it. It's a bit of a big band fight theme. It's neat. It kind of ties into the the You've Got a Friend in Me melody that's always playing. It mm-hmm. transitions into it. We will keep this playing until you break. Oh, no. <laughs> At least it's not as bad as the Mickey Mouse uh, Club. Any back, back to Disney Castle. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> After the fight, our trio meets the toys and Rex immediately thinks Sora is Yozora. Sora is confused. Rightfully so. It's like, Yozora! <laughs> <laughs> you actually do a very good Rex. Yeah, I can do his stress Rex doing his more conversational tones a little trickier because it doesn't go quite as high. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. Buzz points his laser pointer at Sora, thinking they might be intruders since Buzz has lost all his character development since Toy Story 1. At least he's not stuck in Spanish mode again. That would have made this (laughs) weird. I thought that was a pretty good gag in 3. Oh, it is. Uh, Toy Story does a lot of good gags. um, Or Toy Story 2 does a lot of good gags on that on behalf of that. But like. I, I think I find it hilarious how Toy Story 2 had that Emperor Zerg does the I am your father thing. And then oh, no. Lightyear, Lightyear takes a very different tack with Zerg. I'm not your father. I'm you. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, who cares about Lightyear? It was, uh, as it was you fine. said, it was a pretty good first act with a much worse later section. Yeah, like the first act is very good, high concept sci-fi. And then the rest of it is just a cheesy action movie that isn't that great. This is never bad, but anyway, but yeah. So Rex, like, well, like, what are these doing here? Actually, this is the number one selling heroes in the country. Yep. And Ham suggests that Andy's mom brought them. So this is probably post post Toy Story one or two. I mean, it's got to be post one because Buzz is here. And yes, I'm going to use the word sane for lack of a better one. Yeah. Um, connected into reality, perhaps is on good speaking terms with Woody is what I would say. Yeah, I will say the plot actually leans on characters being missing so you can't really check the rest of the cast right exactly it's gotta be post one also because they have some of the the squeaky aliens but that yeah. would been just that doesn't, buzz so it doesn't teach us anything and then rex says some fucked up shit he spills all the exposition i bet they're here to figure out why our friends have gone missing and why buzz laser actually started lasering and all the weird stuff that's been going on yep well this is the toy story world's shit is actually yeah. different for them so did buzz accidentally fry something Oh, no, (laughs) that's what I'm that could have been Woody's head. Oh, no, maybe that's why. Maybe that's part of the reason he's so stressed throughout this. We'll see. Buzz is on very high tension in this world. Yes, he is. Yeah. 
When he asks if we're Andy's new toys and Sora, Donald, and Goofy are confused, rightfully so. I don't remember buying anything. No, we belong to the king. <laughs> Ixnay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, border. Yeah. Uh, Sora, Donald, and Goofy explain what Heartless are, and Rex takes us as confirmation that they are Andy's new toys. Yeah. It's like, I'm Sora. Yo, Sora! It's like, Jesus. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I have in my notes, the trio introduce themselves around Rex screaming Yozora at the top of his lungs because Goofy does not exist in Pixar world. Woody does not recognize iconic characters Goofy and Donald. Oh, Andy's more of a, of a Warner Brothers kid. Yep. <laughs> but if Bugs Bunny showed up, he'd recognize him. I, I think you're probably right. <laughs> I mean, in one and two, Andy's is like a preteen, early teen, which is the most likely time, I, in my personal experience, to be less for Disney unless you have the right exposures. I was a Nickelodeon kid, so I kind of get it. <laughs> the toys introduce themselves. The biggest, most important thing is that Rex is our biggest fan and he's been playing our game for months. <laughs> it's just like, it's just it, it, the line is really hilarious. Like, and I'm Rex. I'm your biggest fan. In fact, I've been playing your game for months now. I've already gotten you all the way to level 47. But that Bahamut boss is really tough. Slinky and I can't figure out how to beat him. All I got to say is that this take on Rex is fucking amazing. <laughs> If only I had Knights of the Round. Yes. <laughs> I was just laughing so hard about this. This they actually got the voice actor to to just start ranting and being a fanboy about Final Fantasy. Yes. And it's and it's Selk is my favorite villain. <laughs> the end singer can't can't really can't really compare. Uh. <laughs> uh, he's impress he's very impressionable enthusiastic. I think that's fine. Mm. <laughs> Slinky and a number of toys have gone missing. Let's break out on which toys aren't here and the reasons why. Yeah. First off is Slinky. I mean, a Slinky dog should be really hard to animate. It's always been uncomfortable ever since Jim Varney, whatever the, the character kind of shrank in use anyways at that point since he died. Mm -hmm. and next up, Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. I assume it's the trademark. Yeah, copyright probably. Same with Etch-A-Sketch. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to probably have to buy licenses. It's kind of funny. You think about they'd have the license of Toy Story, but since those characters are still trademarks, they probably have to like have a package for them. And maybe Kingdom Hearts side will be easier not to take that part. Yeah. Um, completely missing is Bo Peep. Which why are we missing Bo Peep is my question. <sighs> Who knows? Maybe this is evidence that this is some indeterminate time after Toy Story 2, because we know that Bo Peep goes away between two and three. I mean, I don't know, because. And that's just definitely a, a, a weird argument there. Bo Peep, they might have argued because she's such a stiff, she's literally such a stiff design character. It'd be hard to animate doing anything other than standing there. Maybe it would or, look weird in a uh, action game to have Bo Peep uh, popping around. Yeah, she's very fragile mm -hmm. in theory. Let's not talk about four. Uh, let's not talk about four now. Um, theoretically, Jesse and Bullseye are also missing if this is after two. So it seems more likely that it's after one, especially because I don't think they give any indication that the events of two have happened. Well, like the events of one. To be honest, the only thing we know would be specifically if Woody talked about his past would be the only thing that would true, make it true. clear this is two. Right. I mean, Rex is already playing games by the start of two, so it's not like that's a marker here. Yeah, exactly. Right in with your theories of where in the Toy Story cinematic universe this takes place. Hmm. The aliens roll on on a skateboard and harass Donald. The Toy Story aliens are one of my favorite little merchandisable running gags. They're so it's good. Like, we have these little guys talk in in these long, drawn out unison, and it works. It works so well. If this did not exist, it would have to just like 
someone would have come up with it by now, even if it wasn't the Toy Story. It's so I perfect. I also like that they're like fucking like new age hippies about anything that <laughs> oh. has to do with anything like that. They're the I would actually call them almost more like they're, they very easily get swayed into, into any worship cult they could think of. Oh, true. Yes. <laughs> you saved our lives. We are eternally grateful. <laughs> Daddy. I just, I, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, very much so. But yeah, so Sora finally is like, oh, these are toys. Now I see the pattern. Yep. And Buzz immediately starts interrogating Sora. It's it's Sora folds under pressure immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sora's just like, uh, yeah. Well, we're. I was like, no. Yep. So then we learn that all the humans have vanished, and the Heartless showed up instead. After both the humans and the other toys vanished, they're just kind of in this empty room under a vague siege. And then finally, <laughs> Buzz mentions the one thing that will actually make sense: a guy in a black hood. So it's like, yep, tick. It's, okay, it's like Mark, it. okay, let's see. Org member, tick. Got it's org member him, time. Tick. Yep. <laughs> yep. Woody decides that we're going to work together and we're going off to Galaxy Toys to follow his lead. It's as soon as you say, well, no, we we can't really talk about, it, but we know what's going on, which I do admit is a little suspicious sounding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Buzz thinks we should stay, but Woody thinks it's time for a Pixar style adventure with hijinks. And but that means Buzz is coming too. Yeah. And Buzz is being cautious, like, you're being gung-ho, but shouldn't we stay here and wait for Andy? And Woody's like, well, we've tried waiting. So it's not like either of them are wrong. Buzz is being cautious, and Woody says, let's try something. Let's try something since this isn't working, which is fair. All right, we're off to the toy store! <laughs> what do you plan to run over? I'm not going to run over anything. I don't, I'm not in control of the car. It's Gr- Leland's grandma that runs over kids. <laughs> So we've added Woody and Buzz to the party on that note. Their limit break is rocket ruckus. I just lit a rocket. Rockets explode. Yeah, classic lying story how silly it is. But this is the part where we blow up. Here it's literally just they ride a rocket until uh, beating up enemies and then they jump off a rocket as it explodes. It's pretty neat. <laughs> oh, they, they thought it hadn't did duct tape it to anyone. <laughs> In the area around Andy's house, there's only one really interesting lucky emblem. There's some forced perspective with three rings of leaves. Like, you have to stand at a very specific angle to find the lucky emblem. Uh, mm. I forget exactly what you stand on to get it, but it's neat. It's the p- front porch of the house. Yeah. yeah. So and this is a pretty small zone. We almost immediately end up in the editor environments. Yeah, the toy, the toy store is the world. This is just sort of like a side section to the world. I really think that the toy store is easily the coolest environment I've ever seen in a Kingdom Hearts game. It is amazing. Uh, so, yeah, we get to the toy store and everyone's really excited. Yeah, I have in my notes. Wait, why are the toys excited about going to a toy store? I mean, we saw it, too. They had a primal fear of commercials for Al Toys Barn, though it might be the horrible chicken suit. <laughs> OK, OK, so the scene starts with, hey, why doesn't that toy move? I guess it hasn't figured it out. Figured what out? OK, time out. <laughs> okay, you want to discuss what this? Is, you just added six yeah. points. I just yeah, thought you had it. What the hell does that mean? Um, what are toys and how do they live? <laughs> I mean, we know this is Kingdom Hearts, and so my yeah. explanation is clearly going to be that toys don't have a heart until a kid loves them. Yeah, it's all right. That seems to be the implication. It's okay, that toys in this world move in the toy store. True. Uh, yeah, we have found there are instances of, say, Buzz Lightyear dolls that are like on factory settings that still have Buzz's 
uh, original personality. We see, or that you know, bar, or you know, a whole bunch of Barbies partying together. Don't need any men. What does that imply? Okay, I hope that didn't come out rude. I was just kind of make a joke that Toy Stories casually imply accidental things. <laughs> I mean, so the existential quandaries of Toy Story are going to be explored in this very game. Better than Toy Story Four did, I guess. Yeah, true. Toy Story Four make, is not a good movie. <laughs> yeah, making jokes about a new life form and essentially uh, coded suicide—that's fucked up. Yeah, poor Forky. That that whole bit and, just like fucked yeah. me up. I was just like, "What are you doing, Pixar?" And it even raises questions that can't be bothered. Is have they just have uh, Tony Hale doing a goofy voice, and which yeah, can really, really which can really get which that guy can really get some mileage out of it. But anyway, there will yeah. be we'll have plenty of times for discussing the philosophical implications yeah. of Toy Story and Kingdom Hearts as they work together. Yeah. Uh, so it's like figure what goes on. So yeah, so it's like figure what out. I can make it move for you. Sora and Woody look up above the space capsule where a black hooded figure enters through a dark portal, uncovering his hood and revealing himself to be young Xehanort. You're from the dream. The first of the Xehanorts. I'm so honored you remember me. He snaps his fingers and three heartless appear. One jumps into the helmet of the red Gigas and assumes control of it. Its claw arm starts to move the clicking sounds and it leaps towards Sora. Oh no, he can move. Way cool. Look out. As Zagigas attempts a punch, Sora, Donald, and Goofy hold him off while Woody knocks Ham out of the way. One heart's shadows fill the emptiness of another. See how they bring him to life? Like Heartless and Nobodies, they fit together. Enough! Why are you doing this? There's a darkness we are missing and must reclaim. The way hearts connect in this world can provide us with a clue. So we made a copy of the world, and then pulled those hearts apart. I wonder how you'll handle the strain. Wait, what does that mean? Don't let me down. As he leaves through his portal. Yep. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's so, just like, yeah, so these okay. gigas, which are uh, five times the character's size in scale. <laughs> um, so are alive. <laughs> I, I do want to kind of like point out that young Xehanort there uh, points out that yeah, we're still kind of missing a darkness for our 13. So yeah. we've ba- we've basically just sectioned off an entire world to be our little playground to figure out how we're going to make that 13th darkness. We do kind of see a theme here. I'll say this early. They're trying shit out. They're throwing shit at a wall to see what works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is it, many irons in the fire. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's this. They're checking out the bistro. They're watching some nice little Mickey movies hanging out there. Out on a date, you know, like that. Sigmar is calling them every five minutes like you guys facing that they, they just put him on read. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time to fight the Gigas. Donald and Goofy point out that Sora can also probably pilot a mecha. Get in the robot, Sora. <laughs> We're going to combine. <laughs> just who the hell do you think I am? Just who the hell do you think I am? Dangerous. <laughs> this is too fun. We're just—it almost feels wholesale. We're just—we're just cribbing off every joke from that we can. Yes, <laughs> it, it was. A, I didn't intend, expect for this to happen, but it's fun. Yeah. So yeah, you could. So the gimmick of this world, basically, the main gimmick is that you could get into any empty gigas or anyone that you beat up enough that it breaks down. Yep. And then you go to a cockpit view where you get special, again, special motion and fighting set. Yep, every one of them can punch and use a blaster, though each of them also has uh, special things. The power class is red, and that has a special move that does a bum rush charge. Spear! He does a spear! 
The speed class is blue. It has like a little exploder deployer. It, it throws like a, a cluster of six little balls. It's like a mortar yeah. blast. And then the gunner class is purple, which just like has a chain gun, as I recall, for its uh, special move. No, it's it's a single powerful shot. OK, it's a cannon. It has a, ch- it has a charge blast, I believe. That's right. That's right. Which is your favorite of each of those? I actually tend to the red because I tend to have a very button mashy style and I'm not playing a higher difficulty. So I just do as much up close damage and crashing through groups as I could. I use the others just fine, but I found that often useful, especially if, if I'm having a problem with the fights. My favorite was generally the speed class because my style in it was to play keep away and pick people off with the the exploder uh, mortar. My favorite was anyone that I'm in because fuck getting into a fight with one of those mecha when you're outside of a mecha at this stage in this game. This is yeah. the real beef gate of critical mode in Kingdom Hearts 3. If you are out of the mech, these will kill you because it is a death sentence to fight a mech outside. In normal difficulty, you kind of can, but it's difficult. It mostly you, if you can get up close to keep wailing on them, like with air combos, you might get, you could get away with it. But even that's not guaranteed. I died a lot here, too, and I wasn't even playing yeah. that hard. In critical mode, any attack from a Gigas will one shot you if you're not in a Gigas. So you really have to get to a Gigas immediately if one appears. Yep. I'll have more to say about that later. <laughs> they also, though, several of them appeared in groupings like this. This big toy store zone has lots of huge corridors and there aren't really many Gigas in there, but then the enemies will pop up there. So even if you're moving between zones, you get you get kind of really beat. After the fight, Buzz has an existential crisis. Yeah, he's looking over the toy. He's kind of creeped out that this happened. Yeah, like Buzz just saw a bunch of toys being possessed by some weird dark shit as Woody's trying to figure shit out. It's like he wasn't just switched to the battle mode by accidents. He He's disturbed. Like the idea yeah. is like, kind of watch Sora kill some toys. Yep. Buzz but, thinks Sora has some dumb ideas because he's from a video game. Wait, this is getting really meta. Well, maybe in your reality, that's how things work. But here in reality, you can't split worlds. This is ridiculous. Guys, why is the entire premise of Kingdom Hearts being deconstructed? Because while it's super enjoyable, it's built on such a carefully made cobweb of fragile ideas. You kind of begs for it. And it's also kind of like when it comes in contact with Toy Story, with its own batch of existential questions, it kind of like begs it to happen, which is why I'm glad that this world came out the way it did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you really get the sense here that they kind of just got to do whatever they want here. They yeah. made this entirely new environment, and it's not like just sort of here's this place off to the side, like in a different part of it. It's like this is a new zone with new things happening in it. And I believe we see Matt really focus on some background details we'll be talking about as we go. Yeah. Toy Story is actually the most metafictional of all of the Disney worlds that we've gone to by a lot because it actually canonically the first movie is actually grappling with those metafictional issues with Buzz thinking that he's the actual character that the toy is based off of Mm -hmm. and having to deal with the fact that he's a toy. And the whole climax with Sid being one of those so... The rules of this world don't make sense. It seemed incredibly arbitrary and just sort of agreed upon. That's a little terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. like, these toys could get up and just and just like terrify a kid or theoretically cut his throat with a piece of glass anytime they want. Well, what do you think? Everything that we're saying sounds kind of far fetched. But since Buzz's laser is real, he's willing to humor it. And he also gives Buzz shit for his own cringe period. It's great. A <laughs> <laughs> King of Hearts isn't any weirder than Star Wars or other Star Wars like things. Yeah. Is it really that crazy? Worse than evil emperors and protecting the galaxy? Any of that ring a bell? Thank you, Woody, for reconstructing Kingdom Hearts after Buzz deconstructed Kingdom Hearts. 
But I do like that Buzz, again, isn't just raw. He actually snaps back pretty quickly. Like, isn't it just as likely that these guys are part of a delusion then? And we oh, maybe shouldn't hang around them. It's are like, he still in Dream? Is this still Dream Prep Distance? Yeah. Like Buzz, <laughs> as a Buzz is definitely being somewhat paranoid and worried, but it's not like he's just being aggressively wrong or hostile. He's making points. Mm-hmm. He just don't, not necessarily ones you agree with. Yep. Uh, so he wants to go home. And even Sora makes an argument of sticking together, but Buzz is, it just doesn't think. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. one is brutal, by the way. Every toy deserves a fair shake. Tell it to that toy over there. And he points at one of the beat up Gigas's. Holy shit. Yeah, I have one. I know this is some heavy stuff for Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah. Buzz is, Buzz is like, we're in the point where we're where people where things are dying here. Woody, we, maybe we should take this more seriously. And that's kind yeah. of the mood he has throughout this. Like, oh, yeah. people are dying, man. Sarge and the toy soldiers show up to tell us that Rex has been dino napped and Ham and the aliens are MIA. OK, we have a real mission now for our world instead of just like having weird existential questions. Let's find those missing toys and try very hard to push those questions down and not think about them at night when they haunt you. Goofy papers over things in the worst way possible, but it's enough to clear the air. Don't worry. Sora can be reckless. What? And Donald grumbles a lot. Huh? It's true. But you can trust him. Hey, he suspects you too. It's true. Huh? He does. I just love Goofy. I, I thought this is more of my argument earlier. He's so in his head of being the sensible one. And so he just actually forgets to think how others might see him because he just keeps mentally measuring himself up to the squabble pair. Yep. All right, now let's explore the toy store, which means it's time for Matt to show the details of his research. <laughs> I I just wrote a lot of things down because I was just blown away by this environment. They honestly didn't have to go even half as hard as they did with this. Like in an average game, they just would have had like, you know, a few shapes, maybe a wee bit of text on the boxes or something like that. But they actually went and essentially created marketing copy and images for dozens of toy lines in this entire thing. All fictional is the crazy. And not just the toy lines going to the environment. It's this massive open space with essentials with essential elevator zone that takes you up to two higher floors, which are huge balconies with multiple toy store zones in them. So you get these several built out rooms as well. Yeah. And it's just, okay. It's really, Uh, it's a really cool kind of like, kids dream toy store i would say yeah it's really fun to go around just like as a tiny person uh it's there's also little fun gimmicks that are just like scattered about like there are these little helium balloons that you can beat up with your sword then like a little bit of helium gas will come in and Sora will start talking funny i never hit that you didn't hit that it was neat goofy will start talking funny too and then donald says he wants to try and his voice doesn't change at all my voice is immune to helium (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously, since we can't do the real Donald voice, that's yeah. we must not forget that's what's actually happening. True. <laughs> um, so yeah, this this all just seems like, you know, if you gave a team of kids free reign to design design their own toy store, this would be what it would be like. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think of several movies like big in that where you have like the big toy displays that just well, happen. <laughs> well, no, the thing in the movie big, they go to FAO Schwartz. That's a real toy store. OK, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Galaxy Toys is a fascinating toy store because we can't use the elevator because we're toys. Uh, we have instead a large gumball machine in the center that we can rail grind up to higher floors. Is it a gumball machine or is it more like a toy dispenser in the middle? of? The I thing? think it's like I a, think it's a gotcha. capture machine. Yeah, okay. It's a gotcha machine. machine. OK, cool. 
That's a better UFO. It's like one of the terms of a UFO catcher in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. UFO catcher. That uh, UFO catcher is the uh, crane game. Yeah. Oh, you're thinking Gashapon machine. It's also like. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, uh, luckily, so luckily, this thing isn't free to play. There's three rails coming out of it. A green one takes us all the way up to a hidden area in the top with a single treasure chest. Uh, we're not going to get into the classic kingdom stuff here. Uh, the red rail takes us to the second floor and the blue rail takes us to the third floor. What's on the second floor? The second floor has a small refreshment area with vending machines and I believe some ingredients. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then it has the boys action toy section, which is called Action Plus. The third floor has Toys and Tots, which is dolls, plushies and girl toys. Game Over, which is a game store with virtual game banner and the play place area for kids to play in. So, yeah, that's a whole bunch of stuff to deal with here. On the second floor, we have our second Fantastic Seven, Strawberry, which is just a mad teacup ride where you're gathering up plans and stacking them on your head, trying to get a tall enough stack to get 18,000 points. The top ranking gives us a strawberry ingredient, the attraction extender ability. If you want the attractions to go longer. Insert clip of Dipper Pine saying, wow, this is worthless. As we explore the second floor, we go into the Action Plus store. So we're just gawking at the toys, which just has all these crazy designs we'll keep talking about. And it's this huge display of just action figures and cutouts and everything. But then what do you think he sees Rex? Yep. Rex vanishes. Sora hears some noise and some reptar ass giant toys with a heartless emblem attack us. It's, I mean, it's not even just a giant dinosaur. It's a giant cybernetic humanoid dinosaur thing with just missiles like, and everything decked out. It's, it's like, one of the monstrous monsters toy line, actually. You get to see yeah. them in boxes later. I call it a reptar ass giant monster because I remember this one episode of Rugrats where they were stuck in a toy store and there was this uh, reptar toy that goes, halt, I am reptar. Yeah, but he was a hero. <laughs> yes. Thor, hungry. Thor, want eat was the villain. <laughs> am I yeah. right about the what? Yeah. what, what you're that wrong. You're right. I mean, this guy, I said, himself, he's he's a weird centaur giant dinosaur, with four legs, two gigantic arms. And his back is just decked out with all sorts of missiles and swords and stuff. So I'm a little misremembering the cybernetic when I double check the visual. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think it has some weird elements like that. Yeah. It definitely moves like the Reptar toy does. Well, yeah, it, it literally moves like unarticulated toy, which is with limited joint space. So mm-hmm. like it, it hops the arms and legs move in just like large, ch- large chunks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without ever changing their like positioning of the elbows or fingers. So <laughs> and in fighting it, like in all things, the solution is giant robots. Uh, winning gets a speed slash. It's a fight. And after the fight, another reptar ass giant toy with a heartless emblem attacks. But then Rex saves us while swinging around on a Pinocchio Mon ass small toy heartless. You're kind of really pushing the references here. I know, right? So, yeah. So Rex saves us. I was like, good job, Rex. And he just takes us straight to his head. Yep, he takes us too seriously because he's an erotic camera dinosaur voiced by Wallace Shawn. Great, really? Would you say it was impressive? Hooray! <laughs> no, that makes me so happy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're very good at that. Yep. You know, I have to wind up to it a bit, you know, so I have to get I still have to push my voice into it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Unfortunately, we don't so, know yeah. where the others are, and Sarge tells us they've located ham and babies and toddlers. Uh specifically, I think it was was it Corporal that found them and then disappeared into some music that was it? After hearing some music, it's like one of my men just located ham forward of our position. Babes and Talbot. The corporal was the briefium, but something must have gone wrong. Oh, radio contact has been lost. Mm-hmm. Doing a doing a military cadence without any special tone to it isn't that hard. Yeah. Yeah. Buzz assigns Rex to be lookout as we go into Action Plus to try and get to the vents. Well, Rex we- basically says he just he doesn't feel like he invented events or questions it. 
But it's clear that for all his excited bravado, he's way over his head. And Buzz recognized that. And he's Mm -hmm. giving Rex like a kind out. Yeah, true. So anyway, before we go on, I kind of noted all of the toy lines in this entire world because I thought all of these I thought all of these toy lines were things I would would have killed for when I was a kid. (laughs) Go for it. Tell us. So so we've got the beasts and bugs toy line, which are chunky ass sci fi robo beasts (laughs) that kind of have like an insectoid armor design. You have the monstrous monsters who are the big buff humanoid dragon guys that that earlier monster came from. They're kind of mm-hmm. they're I think those are one of my fav- favorite ones. Those were kind of cool. Anyway, we have Robo Union, which are modular combat robot toys that can be customized with different uh, toy kits. Oh, neat. And I thought those were pretty cool. We have, of course, the the they didn't have a brand name, I don't think, but they had the realistic plastic cast dinosaur toys, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of like Rex, except more realistic. Mm-hmm. And we have City Copter, which are flying remote control drone type toys. Neat. There's the Vic the Visitor stuff, which is advertised all around the the toy store. Which mm-hmm. is kind of like a more super serious version of the of the Martians that we have. Mm-hmm. We have the obvious Lego analog building bricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in Action Plus, there's actually a playable version of Rumblin' Time, which is a Rock'em Sock'em robot playset with changeable fighter figures. I want to cut in real quick. If you win the Rock'em Sock'em robot, then you get a treasure chest. What's in it? I forget what's in it. I think it's just a random item, but this is important yeah. for completion. <laughs> okay, yep. Yeah, how much? Yeah. The next one's great because now they're cross next. <laughs> yep. There's a whole line of Dissidia toys, which are Final Fantasy summons. It's great. And then you have and they're like really detailed, you know, like they're they're kind of probably like, you know, display mm-hmm. pieces. Nice. And then you have battle sores, which are anthropomorphic dinosaur combat figures. Cool. That's a lot of really fun stuff. Yeah, just yeah. all this in one room that really I think you only have one story sequence. in, so it's a pretty impressive amount of uh, stuff. Yeah. yeah uh, like, the thing is that they actually like it actually looks like, you know, ad copy that would go on the front of yeah. uh, of of an actual and, toy box. And they the city is the toys. like it is just huge. The city display with what I think is like Odin, Bahamu and and Ifri, it looks like there was Ramu just, as well. Yeah, nice. they're just all these and they look like they're about, oh, two feet tall each minimum. So there's these massive these things. Like, nice. As I said, a kid would just absolutely love that, though. I imagine that they'd be hard pressed not to get damaged. Yeah. So as I said, all of these all of these toys are like designs that I would have killed for when I was a oh, kid. Yeah. They're so cool. <laughs> so let's go, into so the mental, let's go into the ventilation ducts to get to babies and toddlers. I have in my notes, finally, a ventilation duct crawl in a video game that makes sense. <laughs> what you tell me that when you, you tell me that when you vent in in, in uh, among us it doesn't make sense i mean human sized vents don't make sense Wait, i'm just thinking of archer where they turned the boiler on him in one. Oh no <laughs> yeah uh there's some new heartless in the ventilation ducts there's the pole cannons and the marionettes i can't quite remember what year them are um uh, pole marionettes i'm pretty sure exactly what you think Pole cannons are like little cannon things on a uh, moving uh, rod that go up and down. Sure, turrets. Yeah, turrets. yeah, they're the turrets. They're kind of they're actually relatively 
powerful in uh, critical mode. I never had much problem with them, but if I you can... finish them off quickly, they're not a threat. But if yeah, you let do. them shoot, they're they're nasty. So at the end of the event, we reach babies and toddlers, and we try to figure out where to look and decide to look for things that make noise. With baby and toddlers should literally be everything, but <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah. So Donald immediately just starts messing with Sora again. I can't remember exactly what. Well, their banter causes Woody to acknowledge that they're definitely good guys. Okay, I found it's like, why don't we look for things to make so make noise? And I was like, that's good thinking for you. Wait, what do you mean? Yep. Uh, so and Goofy and Goofy just watches like they've forgotten again. <laughs> Woody just, or I'm just imagining Goofy just sort of like turning away, like pinching his forehead, just like God, these idiots. <laughs> and his voice just God, these idiots. Uh, Try to do gonna... Goofy's voice below. Yeah. It causes Woody to acknowledge that they're definitely good guys. I have in my notes, Buzz, who is married to Woody, realizes that Woody wouldn't have trusted them if they weren't good and knows that Woody's trust is a hard-earned treasure. Boy, this writing and camera ships Woody and Buzz. Well, they took Bo <laughs> and Jesse out of the mix, so... There's new enemies in Babies and Toddlers, which are patchwork animals. They're various stuffed animals. One of them looks like a horrible elephant from Adventure Time, Tree Trunks. And here, why do a Tree Trunks voice to traumatize John? <laughs> I'm just a sweet little elephant. You don't have to worry about me. I'm not the most annoying voice in this entire show. And for some reason, I talk in weird double enchandas. Adventure Time's weird. I don't know if it always worked for me. I stopped watching right around the time they started giving Justin Roy- Royland way more to do. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, at least that at least that role ended up with self-destruction. Say he, he just has to be miserable and you can't fix it. Something okay. about right. Uh, so anyway, Matt, tell us about the toy lines and babies and toddlers. So there's fewer large toy lines here, but they still did a cool job with this area. I think it looks cool. But so we have the Julia dolls, which are the obvious Barbie analog. Mm-hmm. We have the musical toads, which are musical orchestra toys, which can be connected and play music together. There's lots of different instruments and they're all done in that kind of cutesy frog style. Cattle, 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 cattle. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Anyway, we have flamenco flowers, which are dancing, tall, anthropomorphic flowers, which will light up and dance to music. Okay, if John should be able to guess why I just only snickered there. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> yep. Someday I'll, someday I'll have to get Matt to watch that. <laughs> it's a really, really weird choice of things to watch overall, after all. I'm not Very sure, nice. actually, what they're going to have me watch here. <laughs> Anyway, there's very lots of various unbranded plushies and dolls. There's My Little House doll houses. So is that like My Little Pony except it's all houses? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like houses frolicking in a meadow with legs <laughs> and tails. That, the, that popular kids cartoon, My Little House. <laughs> and like the uh, the ranch, the ranch style house, the colonials are different types. <laughs> <laughs> Then there's That's then you can call then like when you go to the ocean you call upon the boat houses. Oh no! <laughs> or the house boats out. <laughs> so oh, I'm thinking a really I'm thinking a really deranged image. I think we should move away. Continue, Matt. Yes, yes. <laughs> and the last big one is the Angeli Amber line of dolls, which are a line of possibly creepy porcelain type dolls with bunny ears. They're very high end and detailed. They look kind of fragile. Yeah, high highly detailed porcelain pretty much always immediately triggers a uh, an uncanny response. Uh, I didn't get a chance to mention it, but there's an interesting lucky emblem on the first floor as well, which was the uh, three rings of duct tape in a proper arrangement. 
But there's a really interesting lucky emblem here in Babies and Toddlers, which is three disco balls that can be... This is another forced perspective one. You can just sort of like move... You can stand in a particular area where these three disco balls become a lucky emblem. And that counts as a lucky emblem. This game is nuts. Anyways, yeah. So we find the display of musical frog toys. They're not moving, but there's a record player that when it spins, they start moving along with it playing. Woody berates Sora for never having used a record player before. He's 15. Though he doesn't seem to know low tech, he doesn't seem to know high tech. What's what is Sora comfortable with? Sora seems to have missed the whole vinyl fad because he lived on an island his whole life. That way, he only knows how to use sticks. Anyway, Woody hops on to start helping as a as a Toy Story two illusion. Yeah, because we got to have that that view of him running on the uh, the record player with others. So you mm-hmm. know, go with it. Mm-hmm. So down the Goofy, they're just watching the music display of little animals popping up and playing their notes and so forth. And then Buzz notes that something weird is coming out of the orchestra. It's a very weird sound. Sora, can't, Sora leaves Woody on the record player to go investigate. We confirm that the tuba frog is twitching out. Yep. We investigate it and we find Corporal in the tuba. Like, seems weird that he got stuck in there. Yeah, I I, I have no idea how it happened. But uh, now that we've had some weird army man drama plays out and now it's time to find Ham. Yeah, it's just great. Like, wait, Corporal. You're not fit for action, but Sarge, your tour is over, son, and it's all right. Our trusted allies will take over. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Sarge, he is a father to his men. I love how seriously the army men take themselves. It's great. Mm -hmm. It is a fun gimmick. Uh, We find a dollhouse moving around and we open it up to find Ham. So, yeah, they're inside a dollhouse and then just inside. We need a jump scare. Oh, yeah. I look through the window at Donald. (laughs) Yep. So it's now time to fight the giant doll. Because, of course, it was going to be one of those terrifying porcelain dolls. Yep. It's the flagship of the Angeli Amber toys with the bunny ears. I have my notes. You know, this doll kind of looks like Burn Castell. You can't make that reference yet. Yep. So the giant doll is the main fight, but like this entire toy store is coming to attack you right now. And this fight is really messed up. Like, it. it it, it moves in like a very vague, uncontrolled way. Like it kind of floats above the ground. Its arms and legs make tiny twitching motions. At times, it looks like it's being pulled around by a marionette, too. Like it's hunched over. Yeah, it's actually really annoying in critical mode because you kind of have to go and mop up a lot of the plushy enemies, which are pretty sturdy. Oh, yeah. And while you're doing that, the the main boss is likely to just headbutt you with the bunny ears and kill you or go or go into a spin out mm-hmm. and i know that i said i know that it can move it can cover much more distance than you like it's not running oh, yeah. away but it could just come flying in at you at any time uh victory gets us high jump it feels a bit early to get high jump you got high jump but you already got several different forms of, of near flow motion so sure somewhere i guess yeah seems fine the doll drops lifelessly after the fight and buzz has another existential crisis over the toys being controlled this is really kind of rough on him. Oh, yeah. He's going through a lot. Is it, what if we end up like her, forgetting ourselves and attacking each other? Woody just ends up telling Buzz he's overthinking it, and Sora tells him they'll be fine as long as they don't lose heart. Yep. Mm. Then we head to the window display, and a flying saucer goes past, which Woody thinks will lead us to the highly marketable aliens. Let's follow that UFO! I have my notes. No, Woody. If you know what it is, it's not a UFO and whatever. It's an IFO. An identified flying object. You're right. But is flying saucer really identifying somebody or just sort of describing its shape? Good point. What do you think of this new UFO craze that we've got going on right now? <laughs> I barely acknowledge it. I barely know it exists, so I don't have much to say. 
All right, then that's fair. My my favorite acronym like that is uh, back in college, me and my friends dubbed it and I dubbed certain things an IMS, an inexplicable metal sculpture. And we figured that there must be some kind of law that every college campus has to have an IMS. Usually near the art building. I wonder if there's a connection. <laughs> Uh, so the aliens are at the children's playground and transpites flying saucer and claw. It is another fight. We save them from the saucer, abducting them, winning us its thunder. Yay. Easy. Hooray, we have thunder. Thunder is a great spell because it doesn't miss. It's all AOE. After the fight, the aliens are sad that they will not reach Nirvana. <laughs> it's like they were just like, they're coming to take us. Yes. Yep. Home. They, and I do love that. It's not even your joke. They literally say Nirvana. Yep. <laughs> yes. Nirvana yeah. will not be reached. <laughs> we are too sinned with the lower world's desires. Oh, no. <laughs> right. Sorry. Gnostic aliens. Neat. I was saying Buddhist, but <laughs> yes. Buzz is thoroughly done with the shit and Woody thinks it's time to go, too. So, yeah. So Donald and Goofy decide they can handle it from here. Yeah. So we're going back to the entrance. Yeah, it's, like, it's pretty sensible here. Buzz is saying, like, why are you trusting what that creepy asshole said? And even so, we kind of got our friends together. Maybe now's a good time to cut our losses. You and Woody, and Woody's... I did? Oh. Is it, maybe we should just go... Is it, we found our friends, so maybe we should go ahead and cut our losses. And Woody seems like saying, I pushed Buzz enough, and that's pretty sensible. Yep. Uh, back at the entrance, Woody has Sarge roll call for the toys, and we find out that Rex is missing. <sighs> Damn it, Rex. <laughs> Yeah, and Ham explains that Rex is up by the video game looking for a way to prove that Buzz can trust Sora. Yep. So we're off to the video game store. What's in the video game store, Matt? Video games. Yep, they made a lot of amusing video game covers for this. They went whole ass on this just like the other parts. Uh, There's a lot of fictional video games. Uh, There was one called... Pita Pat Party. I don't really know what it was other than it looked like a cute party game, I guess. Okay. There's Wall Street Ninja and the sequel, Wall Street Ninja 2. Wow. (laughs) Some of the images are just hilarious. Like, if you look through the right areas. Pita Pat Party. Pita Pat Party looks like a Just Dance or something somewhere, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Wall Street Ninja looks like, you know, it's Ninja Gaiden, but the guy is the ninja is carrying a briefcase as well. Excellent. I would love to play that. That's great. He's, yeah, he's in a suit, coat, and tie. And there's there's actually, I said, there's two of them. Uh, so then there's Blood Fight, which looks like Final Fight or something like that. I would guess Mortal Kombat. We have uh, Space Cats because, of course, Star Fox is copyrighted. It looks very much like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got like uh, guys in space suits with just very realistic cat heads holding lasers back to back. Very much, I say, with the Star Fox. We have Twinkle Puzzle, which looks like, you know, like a kind of abstract puzzle along the lines of Lumines or something like that. I see it as Tetris, only it's made with triangles, so everything's all diagonal and jagged. Okay. Uh-huh. We have Deep Dark Castle, which is probably a dungeon crawler. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's we a have, Bloodborne or a Soulsborne. <laughs> could be. Then you have Herd of Zombies. Yes, I have, actually. <laughs> I heard you like mudkips. No, nope. (laughs) Mudkip zombies. That's that's risky. (laughs) But yes, herd of zombies is actually what I think of every zombie game. I'm sorry. Yes. (laughs) Herd of zombies. Herd of zombies. (laughs) 
Go on, go on, Matt. Yeah. Then you have Perfect Smash, which is a tennis game, of course. It's not a Smash Brothers. What? I feel. I feel like like I've been lied to. <laughs> then you have Speed Danger, which is a racing game. Oh, I thought it was gonna be like Time Crisis. <laughs> uh, you have Tick Tick Party. I don't know what that one is. Which of you is holding the bomb? Oh no. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe it's a Bomberman game. Hmm. Uh, or how? or it's or it's their own version of Among Us, but someone's trying to blow the place up. Oh no! <laughs> then you have Fun Farmer, Harvest Moon. Yep, it's okay. got to be Story of Seasons if you prefer. <laughs> then you have the Cute Chef and Yum Yum Cafe, which are both restaurant management games or Cookie Mama, Cookie, Cookie Mama, Mama and the Gordon Ramsay game. Oh no! Yep. <laughs> then you have Amazing Jam 2001. Is it NBA Jam? Also, yes, that game is old. It's wow. clearly a uh, NBA Jam reference. When did Toy Story then, 2 come out, actually? When did Toy Story 2 come out? Because hmm. this might be our hint. This might be our actual clue to determine where this place is. 99. This is after Toy Story 2. I'm saying, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, because it's the one that actually matters here, it's Ferrum Rex. Yep. Donald is stoked to be going into video games. Why does Donald know about video games? <laughs> <laughs> I really, I said, I guess I don't actually know what he says there. Cause he said that was a side conversation, like a random dialogue. Line. Oh yeah. I didn't stop. I don't remember hearing it. Yeah. Yeah. He's it's just like a little side conversation that he says as you get there. Does uh, he just go something like, Oh boy, video games. Yeah. Something like that. When we arrive, we find Rex rummaging through the Varum Rex stand and he finds a copy of the game to show Sora. And Sora's just like the clothes match, but I don't look as good as your Zora. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. He's, he's sort of half feeling awkward about it. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think that that Yozora looks more like Riku. Yeah, well, he that does. comes up in a second, too. So Woody's like, well, see, they are toys. And Buzz's like, OK, I guess. Fine, fine. Shut up. Sora has no idea what's going on. Donald doesn't have a good explanation. I think it's with Donald. Explain. Yeah. <laughs> Simple. That's not you. <laughs> Goofy wonders what Riku would look like because we still want to push merch. He thinks he'd be a really good toy. And then Donald's like, oh, that's actually Riku and Sora. He's like, no, those are my clothes. I mean, kind of. You know, Zora's dressed vaguely similar to Sora, but he really is in the silver haired look. So mm-hmm. much more of a Riku look, I would agree anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rex still wants to check out the strategy guides before he go, but he gets dragged off before he learns how to defeat Bahamut. I have in my notes. Do you think Wallace Shawn expected that when he signed on for a role in a movie at a little known at the time CGI film studio, he'd eventually be acting as a neurotic gamer dinosaur addicted to Final Fantasy? So, yeah, I'm, well, I'm still amused that they got the guy a rant about Bahamut. I think Wallace Shawn will like put and say anything you want to put. You put in he's front of him. He's perfectly happy. He kind oh, yeah. of recognizes he has. I mean, he's kind of a gimmick of a person. He's happy to be it. My, fa- my favorite instance of Wallace Shawn is still his instance in BoJack Horseman, where they made fun of him buying Rothko's. I can't quite remember all that. I mean, the fact that he played the most comedic Ferengi, a race that's already comedic in Deep Space Nine, says a lot, too. Like, he was mm. the leader of the Grand Nagus, and he really was just as Wallace Shawn as a ridiculous little capitalist troll. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that young Xehanort descends and decides to show us Square Enix's entry to the NFT space. Oh, no. Which means shoving you into space, <laughs> but we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> so he actually throws a puppet shadow at Buzz and possesses him, and Buzz just starts uh, shooting us. So basically, so Goofy's protecting Woody, and then Young Nor, he just has to start hearing himself talk again. 
that the hearts of toys have powerful bonds, and I'm testing these bonds by stretching them to their limits and see if the bonds break. And then before Sora can save Woody and Buzz, young Nort eats him into the TV showing Baron Rex. <laughs> I just love he goes, he goes to the Sora, it's like, not this time. It's like, I'm sick of your shit, hero kid. Yep, yep. Young Xehanort is just kind of revealing what the whole motivation is with the whole researching how hearts work with the toys because he thought that the world was unusual because toys have hearts here. It seems like he's trying to figure out how to break hearts apart with some indication. This is how they're going to fill their missing seats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's play that Verum Rex mini game. I love the Verum Rex tagline or whatever you want to call it that Squeenix put out. That's the story of the King of Truth. Reclaim your heart. After a long fight, weapons have brought great benefits for humanity. But the karma that sleeps in humans will accelerate further. In the light of the warhead in the night sky, they chose to fight while feeling the pain of their hearts. A journey without a place to return. The world is to all humans to turn a page. What What is is eternal eternal bond? bond? That's some good um, RPG level pseudo stuff. Oh, yeah, yes. I love it. Um, it's it's kind of hilariously broken, but it's not quite. It still kind of makes a strange kind of sense. It almost feels like it's got some English. It's got some English awkwardness in it. Almost not severe, but it just feels slightly unnatural. <laughs> Put a pin in this. We'll come back to it later. But now Sora's going to have a mecha fight brawl. Yep. After you clear it, you can replay this thing in a score attack minigame, which if you get 10 million points. Which is a pain. You get Ori Calcum Plus. Uh, when I did that, I had to devise like a full on route for getting this amount of points in time, which involved luring enemies close to explosions while I was dealing with other enemies with. And yeah, like there's the thumbs. alpha enemies, right? Yeah, there's so many things you need to like get a good chain going so that when the big enemies show up, you can like capitalize on all the points you've had. It's it's a tough mini game to get the Ori Calcum Plus. That was basically just to uh, tie Sora up. He got thrown into a TV, but after he wins the game, he gets back out of the TV. Yep. Buzz has been poo-gassed away. Uh, Sora can't get the portals open, and he has no idea how to get him back. Well, his key can't open that type of portal. Like, it's not yeah, his yeah. ability. Mm-hmm. And Sarge gives us a lead. The Kid Corral, which is the area behind the play spot. Yep. There's an evil portal in the kid, in the kid watching zone. That's concerning. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. We now this area we haven't been able to get in before, but now that this plot is advanced, there's an open window that Woody points out. Yep, but in the way of that window is a lot of mecha. I decide fuck it and skip the fight using the Joseph Joestar secret technique, and then I took a four month break to play Live Alive and Xenoblade Three. <laughs> that must have been confusing. <laughs> oh, it was. I came back and I was just like uh, making that beeline again. <laughs> Considering I was having a difficult time, I kept missing where each. Uh, objective was taking me. I kind of wandered around aimlessly anyways, and I played it on one sitting mostly. So there's a big old section in here. Where we have to gather blocks uh, in various parts of this play space to make a giant cactar. Speaking of, I wandered around here for an hour because I couldn't figure out where I had to go with a gigas, without a gigas, the different areas, mm-hmm. the enemies to free up the blocks of the gigas and this punch into magically forming the cactar. Yep. But when it does, it makes a giant cactar and it doesn't it doesn't make the Final Fantasy victory theme as well. I forget. I don't recall. I just recall I had to I had to rail grind up about six times. I kept missing. Oh, no. (laughs) I had a rough time here. Oh, no. (laughs) So but anyways, we go through the portal and we've ended up in that like swirling void of between the lanes between that we've been before. 
So we have to end up doing this scene simply because of the fact that it's such an infamous scene. It's iconic, but I want to talk about it because it not only is it just like memed upon, it's actually like some of the best Kingdom Hearts shit in this game. Buzz is, is suspended in a massive dark pillar and like Z- young Xehanor is there. This is the swirling darkness everywhere. Buzz! Xehanor! What do you want with my friend? Look, such tremendous darkness. All because he was ripped away from the boy who cares about him most. Does that mean we'll all be like Buzz? And the darkness gathers in around them. If we don't find Andy? Wrong! Distant doesn't matter. Andy's a part of their hearts, just like my friends are a part of mine. You can't rip that apart. Woody looks down at his shoe, as you expect, for the iconic symbology he has of his connection to Andy. And he looks at Buzz, and he can see his foot from there as well. Buzz is carried into the sky by the darkness waves. What? Your friends are your power? Ah, how very true. But if the light of friendship is a form of power, the darkness of being alone is a power even greater. Darkness is the heart's true nature. Sora is stunned into silence, but Woody puts a hand on Sora's shoulder and walks past him. Whatever you're talking about, I don't care. Put Buzz back the way he was, then get lost. Or else what? Toy? Yeah, I am a toy. And a friend. Woody stamps down with his foot, breaking the waves of darkness slightly, revealing the floor underneath. I interpret it as like it's like he's he's like repelling the darkness, like in the aura of his own words. Yes. My guess is no one's ever loved you before because you know nothing about hearts and love. Sora joins him in their circle of light, both making steps forward. There are hearts all around us trying to connect. Your loneliness only made Woody and Buzz's connection stronger. That's the heart's true nature to never, ever let go wherever they are. Andy and the other toys haven't let go either. Yeah, you can't keep us from Andy. We're going home no matter what and taking Buzz. See, Eleanor, you're so caught up in finding the shadows, you forgot about the light that cast them. The force of light breaks through the dark waves, tearing apart the darkness holding Buzz in the air. When it reaches Buzz, it shines out with a brilliant light. No! Woody, now! As Sora clashes with Xehanort, Woody leaps over them and uses the pull string from his back as a lasso to catch the floating Lego in the air, so he swings around to snatch Buzz from his perch. Zora smiles and Xehanort scowls as the pull string makes him say something as it retracts. Giddy up, partner. We gotta get this dragon train a-moving. And suddenly Buzz opens his eyes, seeing Woody on top of him, and when Woody lifts his head and gazes back at his friend, he turns over and sits with Buzz, who holds his head. Woody, wait, how did I get here? Hmm, oh, I don't know. Maybe somebody switched you into dark and stormy mode. But I don't have a... Uh, thank you, Woody. Good to have you back, Buzz. Hey, hurry up! We can't hold him much longer. Don't give up, guys! So, even empty puppets can be given strong hearts. I'm going to have to remember that. Buzz aims his laser at young Xanort. Remember this. Our hearts will always be connected to Andy's, no matter what you do. 
And that's something you'll never understand because you're hollower than any toy. But now I know a heart can be placed in the vessel of our choosing. For that, let me give you a parting gift to play with. Wait! He passes through Xehanort as he disappears in the darkness. Find the hearts joined to yours. Huh? And then we fight the king of toys. So yeah, the legendary scene. But it's it, not just Woody ripping Xehanort a new one. It's actually pretty important. It is Woody asserting the logic of Kingdom Hearts upon the like back into place. Just like, oh, this is what this is about. Like, it is just, the most Kingdom Hearts yeah. scene that we've seen yet in this game, I think. And it's Woody literally asserting with, I disagree with your with your cruel assertion. And the flight of my trust is powerful. Yeah. Yes, I really like a lot of the Kingdom Hearts dialogue out of young Xehanort and Sora here. Oh, yeah. I like the whole thing about, OK, th- if your friends are your power, then the power of being alone is a is a darkness even greater than that. I'm the Isaac Newton of metaphysical anime bullshit, equal and opposite reactions at all. <laughs> and then I really like the line of Xehanort. You're so caught up finding the shadows. You forgot about the light that cast them. Yeah. That's perfect Kingdom Hearts writing. I'm imagining young Eric is looking sad at Woody's line, by the way. I think the most le- memes upon bit is whatever you're talking about. I don't care. Nobody ever loved you. I think is equal to that. That's the that's the memed one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't care is there, too. I think that yeah. they're, bo- they're like, both strong. Like the the I don't care is sort of like used as a uh, Disney characters reacting to Kingdom Hearts stuff going on. It's like, no, that's not what's happening. Woody is talking about how he cares about the Kingdom Hearts shit because the villain is talking about the stuff that is. Like what we're supposed to be refuting. <laughs> Woody is going doom guy on the lore obsessed villain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can only think of the that original bad comic. Oh, no. Let's talk about the King of Toys. It's kind of a big UFO thingy with like a uh, like, like also kind of a throne looking guy. It's kind of a magnazone. I guess that's what you call it. He flies around this environment, what looks like a, a cityscape on a floating island with other islands around, but you don't go between them. Mm-hmm. It has all of the bells and whistles, every every toy feature that it could possibly have. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you're fighting in a giant like uh, play area with like everything is a physics object and everything yeah. like has realistic physics. So it's a really interesting environment to fight a boss in. Apparently, it's not like this is a specific heart. It seems like it's something that young Xehanort made of all the darkness he extracted and some of Buzz's, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, and I think it flips. Doesn't it flip the land? Kind of, I think. Uh, it hits hard on critical mode. You need to hit it in the head. After taking away a few health bars, the room gets dark and you need to airstep to get close to it. And even for the last health bar, he wraps himself in a tornado. So, yeah, it gets progressively harder as you mm-hmm. as you go on when the fight. I ended up beating it with Woody and Buzz's Limit Break. Seems about right. Uh, winning gets us Falling Slash, which is a way to descend when you're in the middle of a combo. So I believe we then cut to them out of the Quarter of Darkness with the others. They, they actually might be back in Andy's room already when the scene mm-hmm. returns. Mm-hmm. Or actually, or they're walking out. One of those things. I, yeah, I, something like that. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Goofy remarks that Xehanort got away again like it's water cooler talk and Donald calls him a big chicken. Xehanort a big chicken, uh, not Goofy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I love how just blasé it is. It's just like, oh, oh so he got away again. Yeah, gorsh, Xehanort got away again. Yep. And so now can Dow call anyone a chicken and not have it be a little bit wrong? <laughs> yep. Uh, By the way, I want to stop here as we're leaving out there. I'm a little amused. Like one of the one of the Instagram posts is looking at the Verum Rex design, 
It's like this game right here. I got I've got to play it sometime. Like hashtag action RPG seems pretty amusing. Nice. Yes. <laughs> hashtag Azora hashtag Riku. <laughs> the rest of the toys seem to be OK being stuck in this world for now, since at least they made new friends. So to recap, these toys are OK being in a false reality created by a darkness obsessed demiurge. So long as they can hang out with their friends. Well, again, it's more like we don't seem to know what we can do. So why not look at the positive side here rather yeah. than dwelling on all that loneliness that that garbage talker was going out about? Exactly. <laughs> Once we defeat young Xehanort, the worlds will probably merge anyway. Maybe. Oh, hopefully they won't need to make an origin for it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. So just imagining Zed made over toys saying, I need to preserve the status quo of Andy keeping the toys. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't understand the thing we're talking about. Nope. All right. Yeah, hey, Matt, there's specific games you should be playing. <laughs> Woody and Buzz gives us a friendship's hug and send us off to go to Infinity and Beyond. And we get the favorite deputy Keyblade. You're my favorite Keyblade deputy. <laughs> the favorite deputy Keyblade has two form changes, Hyper Hammer and Drill Punch. Uh, it just basically turns to what looks like a cobbled together hammer of random toys. And then like it reforms for the second stage to this massive rocket drill. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hyper Hammer animation uh, looks really goofy, and it kind of reminds me of a lot of the uh, John Egbert Hammer themes from Homestuck. Are, am I wrong, Jared? Am I wrong? I guess not. Please tell me you do not think about these bouncy hammer thing. <laughs> anyway, the shot locks are Ghost Horde and Drill Drive. The Ghost Horde sends a bunch of uh, Shadow Clone Jutsu of Sora at the enemy, and Drill Dive, he does a... Well, I'm actually going to that reference. He does a Black Clover portal charge. Nice. <laughs> but basically, he just pops into portals and comes flying out multiple times like a super obvious slash into the enemy. Also, this Keyblade has a Lucky Strike on it as its spe- special built-in ability, so it's very useful if you're collecting items. Hint, hint. It's a, honestly, it's a bit of a slower weapon because of its weight, but it's also a big, wide hitter with like, a lot of splash damage yeah. from its impact zone, so it's pretty fun for all that. So. Yeah, I think it's one of the more fun Keyblades in general. Uh, it's kind of difficult to use magic with it because when you're in form changes, all the magic is point blank. But I tend to forget magic when I'm hammering on things anyways with any Keyblade. <laughs> <laughs> tend to forget magic when I'm hammering on things. Got it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Stop trying to make this sound wrong. Anyway, whoa, that was a long episode in a plotty world. <laughs> well, next up, we're going to world, which several worlds of this game annoy me for different reasons. This is the one that even if it's not the worst at any one of those things, I think it pisses me off the most. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll be able to get into all that next time. Until next time, I'm Matt. I'm John. I'm Jared. And remember, a good story is best enjoyed with friends. Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlogdialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release. That kind of reminds me, whenever there's, uh, there's a, a place that I drive by sometimes that has dad jokes on the billboard, and it had, like, probably one of my favorite dad jokes I've ever seen. It was... Sometimes I tell dad jokes. Sometimes he laughs.
That's a good one. I really like I, that. <laughs> I, I've, I've told it to my coworkers in our chat rooms. I'll tell you now, if you start a bad dad joke competition, I come to kill, so you will, <laughs> you will be in pain. I know oh, no. so many of them, and I'm very easily amused by the bad ones. Uh, sidebar, I will probably play Days at some point to actually see what the real characterization is, because I don't think we actually got it in this series. <laughs> Apparently, I've noticed you've been having some conversations with, yeah, with some yeah. people who have been listening to us, which is great that's happening already. Oh, yeah. I, do, I, like I said, basically someone really pushing how Days gives more characterization to the to the lesser known org members. Yeah, yeah. I gotta give it a shot. Uh, maybe I will do, maybe we can do like a extra episode on it or something, I don't know. Probably not a full season, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but So yeah. I was I was just laughing because whenever I hear you've got a friend in me, I just think of that really horrible Randy Newman short people song. Oh no. Is it horrible? It seems like more of a just a really, really dark joke. It is oh, a no. really dark joke, but yes. It's unfortunately very catchy, so be careful, you might find yourself singing it in pop. Short people got no reason. No, I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna try and do uh, strong bad doing Randy Newman. But Donald, you're the shortest one here. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about going for Homestar Runner, but I decided doing a bad goofy be easier. Strong bad, you're short too. But Donald, you're short too. I was gonna say that uh, strong bad is the shortest of the brothers, anyway. Yep, he is the shortest of the brothers. He is shorter than Strong Mad and Strong Sad. <laughs> Though he still beats up Strong Sad because Strong Sad is a bit of a wimp. Yes. Oh, and a pacifist, but. Ooh. Oh, I just. Here I go again. I can't do that either. Uh, yeah. Actually, you, I mean, with the line, you could have done it. <laughs> I'm sad that I'm flying. Okay, yeah, that was pretty damn good. That was a very good one. <laughs> Even though I think that's supposed to be the cheat doing a voice of uh, strong sad. Yes. <laughs> well, though I think I think it's the the cheat having got bullied strong sad into saying it. Got it. This is turning into a Homestar Runner podcast so gradually I'm not even noticing. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> anyway, so yes. That's right. I'm going to pilot that thing. We're going to combine. Just who the hell do you think? Okay, no. So is Sora Kamina or is Donald Kamina? I don't know. <laughs> Donald's Kamina. No, Donald yeah. is Sora. I think. No, Donald is... God, fuck. I can't even talk. Is So is Sora Kamina and Donald uh, uh, Shimon or is it the other way around? I think it's got to be the other way around. Donald is slightly mentoristic and amateur. Okay. <laughs>